God said it. We better believe it. Because it's so. Your thought will either accuse or else excuse your actions and your sins. Now one more thing. The thoughts of man also are discerned by the word of God. Take in your Bibles, if you will, and turn to Psalm 139. And you look with me at verse 2. In Psalm 139 and verse 2, the Word of God says very clearly that the thoughts are discerned by our Lord. Listen to it. O Lord, Thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my downsitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. In other words, the Lord God of heaven is so that he knows the thoughts that are even coming into your mind. And he understands every one of them. And he knows whether or not, not tonight some of you will agree and some of you will argue. He knows whether or not some of you will bless the Lord for what you hear and some of you will just cursing your own heart, as it were, for what you're made to hear because you don't want to hear it. Our Lord knows the thoughts of every one of us. And they are discerned by the Word of God. Now turn back to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And look at it. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, we read these words. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Now look at it. The word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. In other words, the word of God knows you inside out and outside in. And down through the years, I've had people come to me and they said, Pastor, you didn't realize it, but while you were preaching in the, in the auditorium, it looked like you were singling me out. Well, that was God's Word doing that. That wasn't me. Because right now, I look upon you and all I see is a group of faces. I know practically every one of you. I dare say I know every one of you here practically by your first name. But I don't know what your heart is thinking. I don't know what's going through your mind, but God does. And when God puts his finger upon it, you better listen and not excuse it away. Because if you do, it leads your reprobation. You see, God knows your thoughts. And your thoughts are discerned by the word of the Lord. Here's another reason why. They were so successful in getting rid of the Bible out of a high school and out of all our schools. They don't want it in there because they don't want to have their wicked thoughts and actions uncovered. For man is a depraved creature. Now I'm going to tell you something else. The Lord knows tonight also who in this room are genuinely converted and who have been fooled by the devil. He knows that. I don't know that. All I can go is by your testimony. And if your testimony, if you tell me that the Lord Jesus Christ has saved you, fine. 
But if you tell me that the Lord has saved you and then you sit in rebellion against the policy and the governorship of the Lord God of heaven in this church, it tells me point blank, you've never been converted. Because a converted person, his thoughts will agree with what God said. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. It's that simple, but it's that profound. And I, down through the years, I've had lots of people just turn me off. Some of you here, you just turn me off. You hear what you want to hear. And the rest of the time, you just sit back and say, well, I've heard that before, and you've got no business telling us it again. I have every business in the world because it is my business. Or if I don't do it, then God will judge this sinner. And beloved, I'm going to be free from the blood of your hands. Don't ever forget that. Now as we look at the thoughts of God, we have seen first of all the thoughts of man. We find that God tells us that the thoughts of man are evil continually. They're known unto God. They will either accuse or else excuse him. And the thoughts of man are discerned by God's word. But now there's the second thing. The thoughts of man concerning God's ways are corrupted. Now go back, if you will, to Isaiah chapter 55. We find in Isaiah chapter 55, look with me now at verse 7. Listen to it. Let the wicked forsake his ways, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now look at what God said. Last Sunday night I brought you a message on God's instruction for salvation. And the instruction is given to us right here in verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way. Sinner, you want your way? All right, you go to hell with it. So-called Christian, you insist on your way? You go to hell with it. Our way has to be subjected and surrendered to God's way. No ifs, ands, and buts about it. And yet we find that we have a religious opposite, even existing right here in this church, that some, well, oh, I'm saved, I'll pray up a storm, but I'll tell you right now, I'm going to do what I want to do and nobody's going to tell me different. Don't ever tell me, preacher, how to run my household. That's none of your business. It's God's business. And being God's spokesman, I have the right to tell you. Don't ever tell me how to, how to do what to do with my money. That's my business. No, it isn't. That's God's business. If you belong to God, you belong to him, lock, stock, and barrel, or not at all. No ifs, and buts about it. And you have to, you and I both have to do this. We have to subject our thoughts unto God's thoughts. And we find very clearly that man's thoughts tonight concerning God's way are corrupted. Now let me show you if I may. First of all, we see that man thinks that God should deal with man as man deals with man. 
Well, now, what in the world are you talking about? All right. 99% of the people right here tonight either have this idea or have had it that repeated, malicious, and intentional sins should not be forgiven. Now, let it soak in. Repeated, malicious, intentional sin should not be forgiven. You believe that way? You're wrong. You're just as wrong as you can be. I'm glad God doesn't deal with us that way. For if he dealt with us as we think he should deal with us, every last one of us would be in hell tonight where we belong. But our Lord, we find that our Lord knows the thoughts of man. Now man tonight has the idea that malicious, intentional, or repeated sins should not be forgiven. Well, let me show you what God said. Take your Bibles now and turn to Luke chapter 17. In Luke chapter 17, this is what the Lord says very clearly. Luke chapter 17, and look with me at verses 1 through 5. Here our Lord is speaking, and he said these words. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea, than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. If he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostle said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. Now man has the idea tonight that repeated, intentional, malicious sins should not be forgiven. Now they believe that. And some of you believe that. Because some of you right here tonight, you hold grudges in your heart, one against another. Now don't try to deny it. You do. It's set forth by your very actions when you come and come in contact with certain people. You have not forgiven them. And beloved, when you don't forgive, you're wrong. Because our Lord says very clearly, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. Now that's why you get mad at me. Under the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord rebukes you. And so you get mad, and a lot of you, when you get mad at me, you go out the other door so you don't have to shake hands with me. How silly. You don't bother me when you do that. You're just showing how asinine you're acting. But now notice, God's word says very clearly, if thy brother trespass against thee, number one, rebuke him. Number two, if he repents, Forgive him. Now get that. You cannot forgive someone that doesn't repent. God does not forgive a sinner who doesn't repent. That's his scheme of action. That's the way God thinks. 
and he has put his thought for us down here in this book. And he tells us very clearly, if thy brother trespass against thee seven times in a day, and turn again to thee, saying, I repent, you're going to hold it against him because look, you've done that before, you don't really mean what repentance is. That isn't what God says. You see, man's thoughts according to God, uh, well, with regard to God's dealing with man are corrupted. I'm glad he tells us how it is, don't you? Or aren't you? Alright, there's another thing. Man also, he thinks that God demands work for salvation. And nothing can be further from the truth. Now, you'll never work your way into heaven. And we find very clearly that man thinking that God demands works for salvation, we see the evidence of this is set forth in the various systems of religion. Now, go back with me to Ephesians chapter 2 and look at it. In Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm going to clear something up here tonight, because some of you have had the wrong idea. And I'm going to clear it up. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, and look with me down through verse 10. Notice what it says. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works, which God hath before ordained, that we should walk in them. Now one of the saddest things about Elmont Baptist Church is this. They never put Ephesians 2.10 into practice. Why some of you here tonight, you wouldn't make a telephone call to invite somebody to this church to kill you. Why that's beneath your dignity. I've just got other things to do. Now I can't do that. I'm not going to do that. Well you don't believe what God says. All you have is a system of your own religion because this is the way you think it ought to be. And I'm going to tell you this. If your pastor thought the way that some of you do concerning the relationship to this church, to this community, we would have never been able to build this building. Now get out of that. Your thoughts are wrong. God says that he saves us for the purpose of having us do good works. He has ordained that we are to walk in them. Now man says, you know, and the average individual, and this is one of the weaknesses of this Baptist church. Why the average individual come in here, and I'll tell you right now, some of you here, you wouldn't close a window, you wouldn't open a window, you wouldn't turn a light switch, you wouldn't pick up a piece of paper if it killed you. But you're one of the first ones to criticize when you see it on the floor. You see, your thoughts are all wrong, sinner. And believer, because believers are sinners. We have to have our thoughts subjected unto God. And now when we talk to you about calling your neighbor, what do you do? A lot of you give the same old lame brain excuse. Well, I've called them before. So what? You rub elbows with them. God has put you there responsible to talk to them about the Lord Jesus Christ as often as he gives you opportunity. 
Once is not enough. And don't ever forget it. Now get these silly thoughts out of your head. These are preconceived ideas that you've got to throw aside. And our thoughts have to be subjected unto the Lord God of heaven. Now you see in the very systems of religion, don't care where you go, and I want to say this to you kindly now, there's only two, two systems of religion in the whole world. One is the system of grace. The other is the system of works. And there's a fine line between the two. And the vast majority, the vast majority of our religious people today are depending on their works to get them to heaven. Well, I trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, so I'm going to heaven. All right? You trusted Christ? Fine. How come you trusted Christ? Who wrought that belief in your heart? Who brought you under conviction? Or don't you believe you have to be under conviction? If you do believe that way, my friend, then you are depending on works to get you to heaven. And we find that God's thoughts are not our thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, my Lord said. Now man's thoughts concerning God are this. Not only does he think that God should deal with individuals as man deals with them. And we see that set forth very clearly because we have some individuals, you know, in several churches. And some of the individuals that used to come here have now imbibed this theory. They believe that God is all through with the Jews and that the church is going to go through the tribulation and all the promises that God has given to the Jew are now given to the church. They don't know any difference. And I'll say this to you. They are as wrong as wrong can be. I've talked with other individuals that used to come here. They don't come here anymore. And when I talked to them, I said, all right, you're going somewhere else. Well, this is what they said, yes. We don't believe the way you preach anymore. Number one, you're too strong on repentance. Number two, we don't believe that God has a certain method as you bring out in saving individuals. Now that's how they drift away. You know what they've done? You see, they've pitted their thoughts against God. You believe that way tonight? Well, I'm going to tell you right now, you're wrong. God has a way of salvation. And God has put it in the book, in the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation, how He deals with a sinner. And no sinner that ever escaped Holy Spirit conviction will ever get to heaven. No sinner that ever misses repentance will ever get to Christ. Now some of you here, down through the years, the Lord has disturbed you, but you know what you've done? You've patched yourself up. Or you say, well, I'm all right now. No, you know. You pitted your thoughts against God. And God says very clearly that except you repent, ye shall all likewise perish. We go right back to Isaiah 55. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thought. Beloved, it's not what you think, it's what God says. 